Fidelity. Hello, everyone. This is Greg Masters, founder and managing director at Health Innovation Media. And for the fourth year in a row, Health Innovation Media was privileged to cover the Florida Association of ACO's annual meeting, interviewing keynote faculty, session moderators, and other key industry luminaries. And in this segment, my colleague and co-host, Fred Goldstein, president of Accountable Health LLC, chats with Dr. David Nace, Chief Medical Officer at Innovacer. Hello, this is Fred Goldstein with Health Innovation Media, and I'm here at the Florida Association of ACO's 2018 Annual Conference, and I'm joined by someone I've known for quite a while, an expert in a lot of fields around medicine, David Nace, the Chief Medical Officer for Innovacer. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Pleased to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So tell us a little bit about your background and then a little bit about the company. So I'm a physician. I've been in healthcare trying to solve this problem of, of population health for quite some time. Uh, UPMC, born and bred, health plan, went to Optum, then to McKesson, chasing technology, and then went out to California to learn about sort of Google, Amazon, all these next-gen companies, and ran into these three founders from Innovacer. Really cool technology. So what does Innovacer actually do with their technology? So if you think about all the companies we know and love, Netflix, Uber, Lyft, they think about their data first. So we're a data company. We're a data platform company. Well, that means a lot of different things to different people. What we do is create an ecosystem that the data is all together in real time and can help support all the players in the ecosystem, doctors, administrators, care coordinators, patients, their caregivers, and make it intelligent and help them make decisions. And um, who are the typical clients? So currently, people who are interested in population health are ACOs, clinically integrated network, health systems that are kind of moving in the pop health environment, and payers who are interested in collaborating with providers and health systems. Those are our clients. And having known you for a while, you've worked for a lot of different companies, have incredible broad expertise, I must say. So what do you see that they're doing that's got you excited? Because I can tell, as I've talked to you earlier, you're excited about this company. So we've all known for a long time that data is going to be the lifeblood of our existence. But the problem is, is many people don't trust the data, and they don't know what use to make of the data. So think about outside of healthcare, right? We all have one of these in our pocket, right? We trust the data that we see here. In fact, it tells us what to do. Do you use Google Maps when you drive someplace? Absolutely. Right? When you look up a phone number on Google, do you trust it? Absolutely. So the key is having high-quality data in real time available when you need it. Then people learn to trust that data. So that's the secret sauce. The quality of the data is extremely high. We're using machine learning to ensure that and automate it. But then we tee up the insights and provide each player in the healthcare arena the workflow, the action step that they should take based on that. So just like Google Maps, they know to turn right when there's been an accident that Waze just tells them just occurred because they'll get a faster route that way. We do that for healthcare. And so it sounds like you've done that sort of across the spectrum of users because obviously a physician may need a different look at that data set versus another group like a care manager or something. Is that sort of what you've set That's up? That's exactly right. So in the beginning, we're a four-year-old company growing very fast. We're about 350 employees. Um, yeah, we're in 14 states. Uh, we've got payer customers, client customers, about 10 million lives that are currently managed by our clients with our platform. We bring data in from everywhere. So we tee that data up to really provide it in terms of helping people make those decisions of what to do. And then on top of that, we build applications. 
And those applications on top of that data could be analytics, care coordination, care management, physician engagement, that's a tough one, and then patient engagement, which has always been the holy grail. And then lastly, how do you automate the provision of healthcare? So thinking about artificial intelligence and how you can provide automation of the practice environment, integrate the Internet of Things, and then provide this sort of real-time environment that allows doctors to really focus on taking care of patients, not typing in an EMR. And you've talked about some of the buzzwords, you know, the AI, machine learning. So it sounds like you built it's built into this platform. How is it being used and what's it sort of uncovering? So I don't want to get a little too techy. Um, you know, it's funny, a lot of us here were saying that you go to a conference like HIMSS or where a lot of tech people are, and each year there's a buzzword, yeah. and people put the buzzword over the last year's signage yeah, to say that's what they do. Yeah, the booths have the buzzword. <laughs> so, you know, I understand that these languages are um, the current buzzwords. Right. Um, so it's important to understand what it is we do. So we're automating the process of taking data from someplace and mapping it to a common data model. And the, we're about 40% machine learned now. We think we can get up to 70%. Meaning the humans, the people, aren't having to go in and do that interoperability mapping each time they go in. The machines, each time they see a new system, they know because they've been to one similar before and can do most of it automatically. That's machine learning. The artificial intelligence says, let's give an example, physicians are hard to engage, so we want to meet them where they're at today. You're working on your EHR, you're seeing patients. Our system can detect, agnostic to the EHR, what patients you're actually thinking and working on, and it'll slide in like a little post-it note, some useful information that you are unaware of. So for instance, from the payer, somebody else wrote prescriptions, they were in the ER three times last week, um, there's some care gaps that need to be closed that your care managers are working on that they need your help with. Or coding gaps, because coding becomes so important that they see in your text-based notes or that were dropped from a prior year or that another doctor did. It's just there for them to act on. As they're working, they can look, ignore it, or act on it in their workflow. But the system, artificially, artificial intelligence, detects what they're doing and what they need to know. And so, in essence, it's feeding this prescriptive information to them that maybe you want to be doing this. That's a great example. So let's say you want to make a referral. You're working in your EHR, you're talking to the patient, and you say, I want to refer you to a cardiologist. I'll send you to my good old buddy Joe, right? Little slider comes in and says, within X distance from that patient, whatever you and the patient decide, these are the Yelp-like ratings of the cardiologist in your neighborhood. Three-star quality, four-star quality, $1 sign, $2 sign, $3, $4 sign, maybe a patient satisfaction score, and suddenly it's like x-ray to the doctor. My buddy Joe, why does he have $4 signs? And why is his quality score too? Well, I helped decide, because we customized those, what those quality scores should be. So that results in the golf course conversation. Like, Joe, what's up? I didn't know you were so expensive. We went to school together. Do I have to keep referring to you? Let's have a conversation. That's fantastic. It really is. And um, you've got some new announcements. You've got an advisory board you formed. I know you can't announce them all, but you've made a couple of really big-name folks. So, you know, knowing people like yourself and many people in the industry, 
I've really gotten to really be honored by knowing some of the biggest, most influential people in the industry over the past 20, 30 years. Um, I think this is the greatest technology that I could have seen come to healthcare in a long time. It really is the technology of Netflix, Uber, Uber, but brought to healthcare. So I've gone out and reached out and exposed some of my colleagues. So we just announced Dr. Glenn Steele, who obviously notable fame of building out Geisinger Health Plan and then also training many of the other icons like Rick Gilfellan and so on and so forth. Um, we can announce that Dr. David Nash, the often called the Pope of Population Health, exactly. uh, the first founder of the School of Population Health, the College of Population Health at Jefferson, has now come on as an advisor. Uh, my good friend, Dr. Paul Grundy, former CMO at IBM and the godfather of the Patient Center of Medical Health, has <laughs> been on board now for a couple months, uh, helping us kind of connect us. They're all really excited about what we're doing. I've got a couple more I haven't announced yet, and they're all friends. So they're all working together with Innovacer to try to figure out how can I make healthcare really empowered with data at this point. So, David, there's a lot of transition going on in the ACO world, a lot of questions. Do they work? Do they not work? Sort of how are you looking at that issue? So it's very interesting. ACOs were set up to be a kind of an on-ramp to the highway of risk, right? It's been slow. People start up the on-ramp, and they're like, well, I'm not sure if I want to go up there or not, which is the issue that people talk about. I think this administration and CMS is, as the leader in this, is trying to figure out how to move people quicker off that dime. So at NACOS just two weeks ago, we heard two very interesting things. Rick Gilfillan, who founded it, said, hey, let's move everybody to 80% upside and 80% downside as a requirement to participate in the CMS program. That'll get people moving. <laughs> that might be a little fast. Um, we also heard from the current head of CMMI saying, we want to eventually, in our lifetime, eliminate fee-for-service as a mechanism for payment from CMS. These are pretty strong statements. So lots of initiatives coming out. The question people want to know is, if I move into risk, can I handle it? So this is one of the things that Innovacer is, if you have accurate data, financial and administrative and clinical data that you trust, that guides you, that gives all of the players in the ecosystem the steps in a coordinated way, what we call an orchestration engine, to be able to manage the patient care and the costs, then you can truly achieve that. And that's why we're excited about what we're doing here at Innovacer. So in essence, it's about this, the, the platform is, is coordinating their ability to effectively manage the risk by identifying what they need to do and the workflows to do that? So this is the key thing. This is the complicated part about healthcare in America. There are multiple private payers, multiple prior providers, multiple patients. There are caregivers that work with the patient that haven't even been included. There's all these community agencies that can address the social, economic, and behavioral aspects of care, which we now know are the big drivers. How do you get all of those folks connected, working on the same page, with the intelligence to guide them in an orchestrated way to come to a certain point. That's the key, is how do you get them all playing together around the financial and clinical aspects to manage the risks? And that's what I think technology is finally bringing us. Go back to this. We trust this to tell us where to go, how to book an air flight, whatever we want to accomplish. The technology is here we just need to bring it to healthcare. It's here. And that's what we're excited about what we're doing in our company. So, David, you mentioned the socioeconomics, 
mental health and these other issues. Everybody today is sort of talking social determinants of health. Tell us your perspective on this. That's a great question. So I get a little worried when people are using these buzzwords of the year, social determinants of health, which is outstanding work that initially at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. We know that for chronic diseases, socioeconomic factors drive a huge portion of their costs and their outcomes for care. We also know from the same studies that the behavior of the individual contributes to that. And we all know that. We have a hard time. We join a gym in January. Two weeks later, we stop going, even though we paid for a year. So behavior change is hard. My own journey is I started in primary care, and I went back and did another residency in psychiatry, not because I was interested in psychiatric disease. And granted, depression, huge driver of cost. I was interested in why people behave the way they do. So I would ask people with congestive heart failure, do you know what to do? And they'd say, yeah, I should probably stop eating salt, not drink as many fluids, take my meds on a regular basis, see my doctor on a regular basis. I'd say, why don't you do that? And they would be puzzled and say, that's a good question. So I think these are the issues we need to tackle. How can we integrate into the community, because these things aren't on the fee schedule, and engage people with technology and data, the patient, the caregivers, the community agencies, the health system, and have them work together to address these factors as one cohesive unit? Not the way we used to think about healthcare services, but in a new world of community healthcare services. I think that's the answer. So Innovacer, it's an interesting name. How'd they come up with that? So. Three young founders from India, from the best IT institute, just like the founders of Google came from and Uber, the folks that make these technology miracles possible. They think about their data first. It's a data first company. Get all the data in one place real time, make it empowered, and you can innovate on it. Innovation accelerator, data first. In the world you and I know, it's about buying applications, which are fixed with their data underneath them, and they're always going to be that. You don't evolve. Innovation Accelerator, just like companies we know, like Amazon, they accelerate their innovation so fast, you don't ask what products are they making. You watch new miracles happen, and that's what we're hoping to bring to healthcare. Innovation Accelerator. Well, thank you so much for talking about Innovacer. And where do people go to find out more about the company? Thanks for asking, Fred. Just go to www.innovacer.com. Tell them you're interested. There's a link right there, and we'll catch you. And thank you, Fred. That will be the last word from Dr. David Nace, Chief Medical Officer for Innovacer, for his time. For more information on Innovacer or to follow their work, go to www.innovacer.com and follow their work on Twitter via at Innovacer. That's I-N-N-O-V-A-C-C-E-R. If you're in the value-based or accountable care space, consider joining your peers in Orlando on November 7th and 8th, 2019. Anish Chopra, President, Care Journey, and former Chief Technology Officer of the United States, will be the keynote speaker on day one. For complete program information, go to www.flaacos.com forward slash annual hyphen conference. For this week in innovation. My colleague Fred Goldstein. This is Greg Masters saying bye now.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.